from runasradio.com, you're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 349, ringing in the new year for IT, with guest Stephen Rose. Recorded Thursday, December 19th, 2013. Run As Radio is produced each week by Pwop Productions, providing professional media and podcasting services online at pwop.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio. Thank you, Brandon, and Happy New Year. This is Richard Campbell from Run As Radio, and uh, I had to think long and hard about who I wanted to open 2014 with, so I called my friend Stephen Rose, a man who basically needs no introduction. But have you changed roles now? I can't just come to you for all things Windows anymore, can I? Oh, you always can. But um, <laughs> yeah, I've actually I've actually moved from the worldwide where I was managing all the IT pro readiness through the Springboard program to now I'm in the United States and I am all of our partner in field readiness. So I work very closely with some of our biggest customers here in the U.S. and uh, our field and our partners. So uh, if you are in a company and you're dealing with Microsoft and they're coming in, I'm one of the guys who's helping to get them ready and prepare them. So uh, it's a great role and very enjoyable and. Uh, all my travels now don't take more than about seven hours when I'm on a plane. So that's what? always a nice thing. Wow. Yeah. No so, more overseas. And are you still, but you're still living in Redmond? Still in Redmond. Okay. Still traveling, actually traveling more all over the country and meeting more people. So uh, it's been a great, uh, it's been a very nice change. I'm now in downtown Bellevue. So I get a very nice view of Seattle out my window. Uh, yes. The Lincoln offices. I was there yeah. just yesterday. I guess I should have said hi. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm up on 21. Stop by anytime. So 2014. When? I, well, I guess we should recap 2013 just a little bit because there's some yeah. folks – I've read a couple of pieces that says that 2013 was a really bad year for Microsoft. Um, I, I think 2013 was probably one of the best years we've seen for on a very interesting year. And I think for everything that someone saw as – I don't like to use the word of failure because I don't think that's correct. But I think the people saw where we didn't reach our peak or advantage, we excelled in other areas. And I think, if anything – 2013 was the year where we saw that Microsoft really listened to its customers and to its fan base. I think we saw more changes across our products from Windows to what we do in phone to Office 365 to Xbox One, all of the things, so many comments that people came out and said, love this, hate this, wish this would change. We saw a lot of that get introduced into into products from the changes in how we handle DRM media and Xbox One to uh, the Windows Phone now being the largest selling phone in India, South America, parts of Europe, and how we manage that and pay-per-go programs out to a ton of new devices that came out for Windows 8.1 and a lot of changes in 8.1 that customers specifically asked for. Yeah, well, and I don't want to harp on the on the complaints. I mean, there was obviously Windows 8.1, which seemed to be a lot of concession to to get people to to get a little more comfortable with Windows. Mm-hmm. That was that was a piece. There, the Surface Write Down, which I mean, I I know enough about finances to understand what a write down actually is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an admission. Hey, we're probably not going to sell these for the price we want to sell them for because right. we got new ones coming, mm-hmm. and the new ones came and they're pretty much sold out now. People are complaining they can't get Surface Twos. Yeah, yeah, there is. It, it's hard. I mean, we went too far in one direction. Now we are picking up and selling a lot of those. They've offered some great holiday deals for people to do that. 
Um, you know, we've said at Best Buy that the Surface SKU was the number one product that was sold out of Best Buy over Black Friday, which which is huge. That's, wow. that, that's a really great and exciting thing for us. We outsold iPad. We outsold Samsung devices that, that weekend. So uh, it's exciting stuff. But, yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to make as we see, you know, demand, they're going to come out, which means, yeah, you may have to wait a week or two to be able to get one. But there are a ton out there. And people just walking into the Microsoft store, just trying to go to the Microsoft store online isn't going to do it. Best Buy, Staples. CDW, we have a ton of companies that are offering it. There are a lot of the 128 Pros out. It's the 256, 512, the 8 gig ones, right. but those are a little bit harder to get. And I know that um, the new type keyboards have been incredibly popular, and those are a little harder to find as well. I was able to get one, but I love the backlit keyboard, and it's a much better experience than the, than the Gen 1 type keyboard was. Yes, yeah, well, not that the type keyboard was bad in Gen One, but the type the, the version two is better. There's no two ways yeah, about I, it. Yeah, I can use it on a plane now, which was hard to do. And the backlit aspect and the uh, function keys are are really really nice. They really add a nice aspect to it. They haven't actually released that battery keyboard yet, have they? That'll be coming out in very soon. So the battery keyboard will be coming out. And what I like about that one is it actually um, when there is power, etc. The 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 the, um, the machine will always charge before the battery keyboard. So you'll always you have to be at a hundred percent for that thing to start charging up. And there are some ways to do it, but it's very smart the way it's built. And I've had a chance to play with it, and it's the size of about one and a half pipe covers. So it's not super big, super thick. Um, it works very nicely. It's really great. Uh, the only thing you know, and you do get that backwards compatibility. With the, with the with the first gen Surface Pro, like you do with a lot of the other uh, keyboards as well, so uh, I think that's great. And the dock has been really wonderful too. I really like the dock. I'm very happy with them. Yeah, I've heard great things about the dock, and it's an interesting sort of position. I'm also fairly impressed with the third party uh, Windows 8 devices coming out. Just got my hands on a Dell XP15, which nice. is or XPS15, and that is actually a fairly hefty sized laptop. It's a 15 inch. It's not an ultrabook, a little bit heavier, right. but 3200 by 1800, dude. Holy man, I did no, like great. me some Retina display. I picked up um, the Dell 8, uh, the 8 inch one, which is just an awesome device, and they had them uh, as a special through Microsoft stores for anybody who want to buy them for 200 bucks, and it came with a version of Office. So that's right. a 32 gig Atom processor. Uh, supports Miracast because it has the newest chipset, so it's nine to twelve hours of battery life. Really great screen, great hardware. Run Office, run what you want. Hook it up to a larger monitor, but the Miracast is great. I walk in and I'm doing something, and I picked up a Miracast device for fifty bucks, and now what I'm doing on my eight inch tablet is now up on my fifty five inch TV in my living room, and right. that just blows people away because. Chromecast is limited, and it's funny. I think Paul Thurrett wrote the best review of Chromecast out there. He just ripped the crap out of it, saying, you know, they don't show you in the picture that you have to have a power supply plugged into this yes. thing. Yeah, I was kind of blown away at how deceitful they kept that up. Like At some point, yeah. you've got to say, is this actually legitimate advertising when you're not yeah. showing the whole product? Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, "This." he says, it took me forever to get it set up. I couldn't get the two synced. When I did, there was only five or six apps. With Miracast, if you're running any of the, uh, you know, a Surface Pro, any of the Surface uh, Gen 2 devices, any Haswell, uh, any of the new Atom chip uh, devices, you can go out and from Netgear, there's a Push 2 TV, and then there's the Action Tech screen green. That runs about $70. You can get them both on Amazon. You put them in, you uh, plug in your HDMI into it, plug it into the wall. It's about the size of a deck of cards. 
you're, you know, you're at your device, you're at your start screen, you go out, you choose, uh, you know, devices, you choose play, you pick it and boom, there it is on your TV, everything that you're doing on your device. If you're watching Netflix, you're watching NHL Hot Ice, you're surfing the web, you're doing the spreadsheet, there it is. And I've gone up to about 250 feet away from the TV and still had it play the movie perfectly, audio blaring out of the TV speakers, not dropping a frame. Uh, and that's all, like I said, off the 8-inch Dell Venue Pro. Wow. That's pretty yeah. impressive. So, yeah, we are, uh, for me as a conference organizer, we're at an interesting time to just figure out, like, are we still going to serve VGA or should we just focus on HDMI or is yeah. Mirrorcast the way to go? Like, it's a, it's a tricky time to figure out what all of my speakers have for, for machines. Yeah, I, I think, you know, HDMI and, and, and the having the different adapters for DisplayPort and the micro HDMI are now pretty much the standard. I don't see very many VGA machines coming in, but I constantly carry a VGA to HDMI when I travel. Yeah. But I am starting to see some Miracast in mind. We have a lot of companies that are very interested in saying, we just want to buy a big TV, put it in the front of the room. And we especially like it that with devices like the Surface and things like that, that we can draw on the device. So we can go up, we can do whiteboard, we can draw, we can do OneNote. And then be able to share that out very easily uh, and consistently with folks. So that that's a that's you know uh, something that a lot of folks are looking at. And I think it's a great direction to go uh, as they start to refresh hardware that will support that standard. Yeah, I'm starting to feel like we're we're actually moving the ball now and changing workflows around. I think 2014 is going to be the year that the tablet actually arrives in the enterprise and starts making a difference. Absolutely. I mean, we we had the big thing with um, with Delta that was a huge win for us this year where we got Surface Twos. Yep. Uh, in, I think, seven of the nine planes that they fly, so all of their longer, over two-and-a-half-hour-long carriers, they have that and Windows Phone uh, for all the flight attendants. And it was interesting because that bag that they carry, it's 50 pounds, and, and you are a big uh, you know, aeronautics sure. uh, and flight fan, but it is the schematics for everything on the plane, and it's all the weather, and it's all the manifest. They're saving $11 million a year in flight costs paper cost and renewable resource cost by getting rid of that and replacing it with with a Surface 2, which has the Jeppesen app on it, which holds everything that they need. All the manuals, all the flight registries, all the weather, everything is there, updated. They have two of those up in the cockpit, and that's what they're using, and it's completely replaced it. We have several other airlines worldwide that are going to be also moving into that direction, too. So that's a really exciting step for us as well. What I find impressive about the Jeppesen win is that they have an iPad solution also. Yeah, it, it could. It was pretty. Once you have somebody making the leap to tablet, the fact that they leap to multiple tablets surprises mm-hmm. me. Well, the big the big thing that they heard was the iPad is a consumer device, and we're concerned about security. Right, and that was the big, huge secure where they came to us and said, "We said, look, we can domain join these tablets. We can lock them down. We can do workplace join. We can do digital certificates, biometrics, all of these things." That they said, we feel more comfortable that this is secure because there is proprietary information and there is customer information in there and the concern was that the ipad may not be secure enough the way that it's being used and that data could be taken on and off of that and with that platform it made a lot more sense to go that way so and we're, we're seeing a lot of customers who are re-looking at it was one of the reasons why we brought in mdm you know with AirWatch and mobile iron and expanding what we can do with windows and tune for ios and android is all of these consumer devices coming into the workplace how do we lock them down how do we secure them? And how do we have them all live side by side? Uh, and that's what I hear from, you know, so many CEOs that I've been meeting with over the last few months. 
yeah, just making everyone an equal partner. And we've done a couple of interesting shows on Run As Now around MDM and, and just recognizing when you, you know, not everything can join a domain. Stuff stuff's just not going to join the domain. And so yep. what do you do? How do you live? Yeah. And, and that's where, you know, work folders and workplace join and, uh, you know, new digital certificates that are, you know, vir- virtual smart cards. That's where these things really come in. I mean, I love it. I have a, I have a Surface 2. So that's a, uh, that, that's a non-domain joinable device. Right. I, I put in a virtual smart card. I installed the VPN for RT, which we've got seven different VPN clients in there. Yeah. Uh, I installed workplace join and work folders. Then I'm able to get the company portal. So I'm able to load all the demo apps, get to all of our internal apps, have aspects of our customer apps on there, log in. It's, it's awesome. The only thing that I'm missing is I have Link, but I have Link as the Windows 8 app. I can't install it, so I will have to go to OA when I need to set up a meeting. But otherwise, I can do everything from my RT device. And at 12 hours of battery life and the keyboard, I don't find myself using my Surface Pro as much. I really find that my Surface 2 has become my main machine where I could not have done that with Gen 1 with the technologies that we had and what our what our partners and providers were offering. Well, I think from an enterprise perspective, there's a big debate of, is it worth going to this ARM hardware? Because at the same time, with Atom processors and Haskell, like I think Intel's done a really good job of getting power consumption down, battery life up, nice, small, yeah. light, low power, low heat devices. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a wrestling match. And I, you know, dude, I still like my domain join. I, I have confidence oh, in I group agree. policy. I agree, but it, it's hard if you bring in a bunch of temporary workers or things like that. Uh, it's a lot of management. I think I think we see, especially when there's like a hundred users or less, um, that gets expensive because they're doing outsourced IT, and we're finding people are bringing in iPads and this stuff. And by saying, "Look, let's touch up with Windows Intune. Your contractor can manage this. All of your devices now are going to be forced to have some level of security and be at an equal level of management." We're seeing a lot of that with a lot of small businesses where they're going, this is the way to go. We want them to have Office 365. We want a password. We want to make sure that, you know, that they have their antiviruses up to date, uh, aspects like that. So it's interesting how we're seeing more of that. And enterprises look at that going, how do we maybe create some sort of hybrid for our salespeople can do this, but, you know, our help desk and support people are going to be on domain joined machines. And how do we have these disparately different worlds? live together, that it's not an either or uh, like it was with XP and Windows 7, but it really is, how do we do all this? How do we get our Windows 7, our Windows 8, and our Windows 8 uh, mobile devices and non-Windows devices all to live harmonious and still share things and still be managed, but at different levels? I guess this is really a good description of how Microsoft has taken on this uh, inflection point in the industry, the move away from from keyboard and mouse and into touch and gesture and different form factors is mm-hmm. not making absolute choices, but saying, hey, you could do both. You can yeah. mix and match. Absolutely. And I think web-based apps and the increase in that and using Azure as the backbone, uh, SQL, you know, in the cloud, things like that are very much a big part of that. That's where Google Docs has done well. And that's even where Chromebook has been able to pick up, um, you know, some market share in there. But again, like Chromecast, Chromebook is one of those, this is great and it's cheap, but is it really doing what I want it to do? And that's right. what we're finding is, you know, people are using iPads, they're using Samsung, they're using Android devices. It's good, but is it good enough? And I see a lot of companies taking a step back. LA Unified School District was all in for iPads. They stopped, they pulled out, and they're now looking at Windows devices and others because they went, 
oh, wow, all the kids were able to cut through the security and, and re-image their devices and be back with a regular iPad. And this isn't locked down and they're getting here. And dealing with high school kids is very different than dealing with like a fourth grader. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, they're a little savvier. It's a pretty skilled people. And grid distribution. Only one person figures it out and everybody's got it. Yeah. It doesn't take absolutely. very long. Yeah, they had, what, 300 people over the first two days figure out how to do that so they could get to Facebook and Instagram and everything else. So they stopped that. <laughs> They're like, we think we ran too fast. We didn't realize how to manage these. We didn't realize how easy it would be for the students to circumvent what we had done. Maybe we need to sit back. So they've stopped, and we're back in that conversation, and we're looking at things differently. And I think a lot of companies are sort of doing this on how do we do this, and it's not just, oh, that's what we want, but how do we really want to do this and what's important. And I think especially after what happened to Target, you know, over the last few days, nobody feels secure. Security becomes a key thing. And what are we going to do to make sure that our users and our data is secure? I know, back, yeah. Frightening I think story. 2014 is an inflection point for security. You can, yeah. this perimeter security model is just, we're, we keep losing that fight. We need yeah. to get, think deeper, more deeply about this. I, I mean, if you're target, why do you want to own that data anymore? You, right. How do I get it out of my system and never own it? I, I agree. I think 2014 is going to be the year of security. I think with everything that's happened with NSA, with spying, with people hacking in, I think with new currencies like Bitcoin coming yep. out, it's all changing and it's changing very quickly and not enough companies are stepping back to say, what are we doing to keep our employees secure? What are we doing to keep our data from our customers secure? It's not the way it was five years ago, not even the way it was three years ago. They need to completely sit down and relook at all the models and all the weak points and what happens when somebody walks in with a consumer device. What is that potentially opening up? Are sure. we really locking out with more users now using unmanaged browsers like Chrome and Firefox and adding in toolbars and stuff like that? Are they opening up all these little back doors? And uh, do we have people that are really certified and really truly understand hardening and security? Or is it the same person who's, uh, you know, ghosting or imaging out a desktop, the same person who's required for security and has been doing it for 10 years? Because I'll tell you right now, that's not the right person who should be managing security for a large corporation. Yeah. Yeah. They, I think the model's very much changed. I think offloading the responsibility of the user account over to some kind of OAuth solution. Is, mm -hmm. is an interesting one. Uh, I'm wondering if, you know, I'm not too worried about Bitcoin and digital currencies just yet. There's some legislation to happen around there, and that's going to take a while. But I, yeah. I, I, am, I do think we're hitting an inflection point on the digital wallet mm -hmm. so that somebody who wants to take response in this idea that you fire up your credit card to all of these companies you want to work with so that it's exposed. Yeah. I think that's an anachronism now. I think digital cool. wallets so that it's in one place that is secure and that's how you interact with it is interesting. I, I think that. I mean, you have a lot of things. You have that. You have Apple now owns the world's largest repository of fingerprints. Yeah. So you have all these things. And, you know, customers are, consumers are starting to step back and say, am I okay with Apple having that? Am I okay with, uh, you know, there's a new digital wallet app. It looks like a credit card, but it actually holds all your credit cards. In yeah, you. called Coin. Coin, yeah. Is this good and is it now safe for all the, for, for one company to hold 20 credit cards worth of information instead of the other way around? And we even even, we even have our own wallet product built into Windows Phone. Yeah. You know, which I use for a lot of online stuff, but I'm not using it at retailers. And that's going to be the big thing is the disappearance of the wallet with digital currency, with more ways to do digital transactions and with more things now stemming from phone. Are we going to see the physical wallet 
and cash, pretty much as we know it, disappear. And I know we're going to be at that point when I see a homeless guy walk up with a credit card reader, you know, or a square device on his phone and he wants a dollar and I can swipe my card and tell him how much and have to sign it, that we've now hit that point in funny. time and we're not that far from it. Well, I am. I have been running into more taxis that take square just yeah. because it's so simple, but it, you know, yeah. you're right. But it takes a, it still needs a physical card. You know, my yeah. happiest transactional experience is my digital Starbucks card. That makes yeah, me happy. I, I love that. My phone is my wallet. Yeah. Yeah. I walk up to Starbucks. I tap it. There's a great one for Windows. See how much you have left on your card, the whole thing. And I do that. And it's easy. And I recharge it like once every few months. And it tells me how much is there. And I go, I would love to have more like this. My Target card, it would be great if you like that. Some of my credit cards, I yeah. wish I could just go up and just scan it and do it. It's less that I have to carry. And I'd like to get to the point where, you know, because if my wallet gets lost, there's no PIN code, there's no passcode, there's no encryption right. on my physical wallet. But there is on my phone, and there is on all my devices that do this, and I can send a remote wipe command. I can't send a remote wipe command to wipe my physical wallet in my yeah. pocket. It just doesn't work. just doesn't work that way. Yeah, it's true. No. They, I think they, they, this, the, the tablet piece, the BYOD piece, the security piece, these are things that, I'm thinking a lot about in 2014. I feel like yeah. virtualization, at least on the server side, is done. We've talked about software-defined network and so forth. We're in mm-hmm. a good place now. I think everybody appreciates it. It's a deployment problem now, not really a technology problem near as much. I, I think it's also better, faster, cheaper. How do we now make it quicker? How do yeah. we make it faster? How do we make it cheaper? How do we make that experience? Because there's always still that little bit of a delay. How do we get that better? But I agree. I think we're 90% of the way there. And people now accept the cloud. They leverage the cloud. They get the cloud. They're using the cloud. Yeah. Um, both from a personal standpoint and from a corporate standpoint. We've got the cloud to the right place, which is the cloud's not the product. It's mm-hmm. products that happen to be on the cloud. And it's so transparent, you may not even realize it is the cloud. Which, what, right. Why would you? Why would you care? Right. So, yeah. I, yeah, I, it, it goes back to the old, I don't care how it works, I just want it to work. And yeah. the more seamless and invisible it is, absolutely, the better it is for us to be able to leverage that within companies that we're working with when we say this needs to move to the cloud, Azure, SQL, Windows. Um, I mean, look at Amazon and what they're doing and their large investments into desktop on the cloud. The work that we've done here at Microsoft and so many partners, it, it's time. But now everybody's going back to, especially with the NSA shakeup, is my data secure? We've gone from everybody feeling comfortable with the cloud and being good to people being unsure with data now as a whole. So we sort of come full circle in the last 18 months. Uh, and it's very interesting where that's come to. Yeah, and really understanding uh, that uh, you you ultimately have the responsibility for security. You know, yeah, it's your stuff. Well, let me ask you this question: You've now been playing with Windows eight one for several months, and we first talked right as it was coming out. Yep. What are your thoughts after playing with it now for a while? Uh, you know, for my main dev machine, it's running desktop all of the time. Okay. Right, which is yeah, that's that's Studio's fault as much as anything else. Mm-hmm. And realizing that when you get really large screens, you do use Windows. You never stack them, but you do use them. Yeah. Uh, in the, in all the smaller form factors, you you don't. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm just not seeing in the workplace a lot of Metro apps. That just that's not happening. Yeah. So far, we're seeing it. We're seeing it in some places. We um, we had a great. Uh, company called Habit Burger down in South, uh, down in Southern California, where they're now saying, what can this do? But they built a great app. So they're now standing in line, sort of like what you would find at like an in and out and walking up to customers asking what their orders are, having them put it in. So by the time they step up to the front, it's done. What's nice. interesting is they took the POS system 
and they just put it onto Windows 8.1. So they're running that fully off of a Windows 8 tablet. Well, and this gets back to this idea of bringing the computer to the work, not bringing the work to the computer. The fact that you can walk down the line with the computer and take all of the orders rather than wait for people to come up to a point where the computer is and make the order. That's a really interesting shift in thinking. Yep. So they've, they've reduced wait times by 60%. They're using it in the back of the house. But what they've done now is they've made it simpler by just putting five icons on their start screen and saying, these are the five. You hit this. This is what you do to check in. This is one you use to check out. Here it is when you're taking orders. Here it is for internal time clock. It's made it easier and bigger and simpler for people walking up to these machines than just using desktop apps. And we're even finding some companies, uh, you know, we have a very large bank that's looking at taking all of their desktop apps and web apps and putting it inside of a single Windows 8 app as a wrapper. So they launch one app and then they can use the charms and the various tools within Windows 8 to move between those. So again, rather than getting rid of seven icons, they're moving it down to one and keeping it a simpler, better experience to do. So we're starting to see more of that. We're seeing more companies are investing in that, but I agree. For work, I spend 80 to 90% of my time on the desktop. For play, I'm spending 80 to 90% on the Windows 8 point yeah. with games and Netflix and you know Redbox and uh, now Flipbook, which we have, and all these other things. I'm, yeah, I'm finding that my work and play time, uh, much like a mullet, are dramatically separated. Uh, my, uh, my, my, my business in the front, which is my desktop, my party in the back, which is my Windows 8 <laughs> uh, start screen. Uh, that's brilliant. Well, and it's this is what you built for a device, is it can do yeah. both. Exactly. And people can exactly. sort out the both. Can we go back to phone for a little while? Uh, yeah. Because it seems like, while it hasn't done fabulously in North America, it's doing fabulously elsewhere. And I wonder if it's going to come back to North America as a hit. Well, we're we're picking up a lot of the BlackBerry market shares. People are jumping out of BlackBerry. Yep. And, and we have publicly announced that the Windows 8.1 um, for phone update that's coming out will support encrypted S-MIME and VPN Direct and on um, all the features that we heard from the governments, et cetera. If you get this, we'll move to it. So that, that feature pack is coming in the near future. So the, basically it's the hardcore BlackBerry that. pack. Exactly. The guys who were yep. serious about, they, they liked the walled garden of a mm-hmm. seriously protected solution. You've got that coming in the yep. next wave. Plus we have the company portal, which is already on there. So you can already distribute apps to your employees, apps that you've built to the phone very simply and very easily, just like you can on Windows 8 desktop. That's there. Um, there's a lot of other really good stuff that's going to be coming with that update, with that update that's coming up. But people love the hardware. They like the uh, the different aspects of hardware. I have three of the phones. I have a 920. Yep. I have a 1020 with that 41 megapixel camera, which I took pictures on my vacation that have just blown people away, that I've blown up to almost poster size that look just gorgeous at 41 megapixels. Nice. Absolutely beautiful. And I just got the new uh, 1025, which is the 6-inch, which I love. It is that middle ground between a tablet and a phone where I, it's, I'm getting older. It's easier for me to read emails. I can take notes on it. I can work on it. Is a lot the, of really that's great That's the 1520? Stuff. That's the 1520. Right. Yeah, I've been been calling that, I I don't like phablets, so I've been calling them BAPs, big-ass phones. Big-ass phone. Yeah, it is. It's a big-ass phone. And and I switch between the two. I go back and forth. If I'm going to be out in the country for the day, I take my 1020. If I'm at work, I take this one because 
I can go to meetings, take some simple notes, do email, and kind of do that hybrid between the two without having to carry a tablet, which I like. It's a great book reader, and we just added in the video app yesterday, so now you can put movies on it, which has been something that we've been sorely lacking from Windows Phone for a while, is the ability to download and do movies, which now you can do. But uh, we're seeing a, a, a dramatic rise in North America. We're seeing at some point that the 525, the pay-as-you-go, is one of the largest selling phones right now in the United States. So we have the iPhones are expensive and haven't changed that much in the last five, six years. Yep. There's Android, a lot of flavors, but they're hard and sometimes confusing if you're a little bit older to use. We have a lot of folks that are looking at Windows Phone and love the everything in SkyDrive is there, full version of Office and some of the business stuff. So I think we're in a very good place and have been for taking over a lot of that BlackBerry. And I think the 41 megapixel camera on the 1020 has really interested a lot of people. I've had more people stop and say, is that that phone with the camera? And I have to give them a quick demo on a few pictures that I've taken, and they're just blown away by it. Yeah. It's great to to have that. Uh, I've, I've not carried around a phone where people have stopped me and asked questions, you know, ever. So uh, I, I think that really says a lot for what HTC and what Nokia is doing, and as now they move over uh, to be inside of Microsoft, what's going to happen next with that? Uh, it's going to be a very interesting to see. That's where I see the biggest changes for Microsoft in 2014 are going to be what happens with Nokia. Mm -hmm. That deal's done. And and my my personal feeling, it's just completely personal, is that I like what Nokia is doing. I hope they take over the phone team and not the other way around. Uh, It's just those guys have got so much hotspot and have moved so fast. If they can keep that momentum up, I think everything's going to be good. And and then I guess the the big elephant in the room is the CEO question. Yeah. I, I, you know, I was interested, but they, they wouldn't take my resume. So it's not going to be me. <laughs> That's too bad, Steve. You'd be great. I appreciate that. <laughs> and it would be easy for people because they'd just go Steve and it would still be the same. So yeah, you don't have to change names. That's lovely. Now, I, I'm very excited. I think we have some, some really interesting, uh, you know, folks that we're looking at. Um, I think that there are definitely two camps there are. Who are the people, you know, for me, it's who's going to come in and who's going to really, like some buyers and not only keep doing the stuff that we do really well, but who's going to come in and say, let's do some really off the wall shit. That's right. really going to change the way that people look at things. I'd like seeing evolutionary and revolutionary side by side. I think when you try to go just evolution, that's a lot of what we've done that it hasn't gotten us far. Yeah. One would argue the whole reason for the CEO change was this sense that an evolutionary right. process isn't fast enough. And it makes me wonder if the next CEO is a short-term CEO, is someone who c- executes on the revolution and then yeah. passes it over to a new incumbent. But we also have a very different audience. And I think we saw that as opposed to like the Apple audience where even they left change, but not something too dramatic. Windows 8, we went very revolutionary. Yeah. And we have a lot of base that doesn't like change, that likes things to stay the same way for five to 10 years. So, I think we're also going to see our audience start to change, too, where we're going to see some that will stay in some camps. And I love these products, but I'm going to look differently here and others who embrace us that have never embraced us before. So I think that's definitely the challenge is for all the people that have gotten upset with us. We've brought on a lot of new people who are now leveraging and using some of the great Windows devices, whether it's phone, whether it's tablet, whether it's. Uh, you know, the new Outlook.com mail service, whether it's Office 365, which has been one of our fastest growing products, or Intune, that are like, hey, this is really cool and this is neat, and this becomes a new and different way to do things. So I think we very much split our audience, but I think that's a great thing because when we didn't 
We were losing people, not gaining new and keeping people happy, but they were the people who were only changing every five to 10 years. And we're not going to survive at that rate, selling them one product every five years. Yeah, I do think there's an inflection point that's going on right now. And, and is, you know, people complained in 2013, it's just becoming normal in 2014. And yeah. uh, it will see more adoption and moving forward. Yeah. And I think that people also have realized that we're not flinching, nor are we going back on our XP end of support in April. But that is going to happen. And companies have realized that we're not going to go, yeah, okay, we'll hold it for another year. And the ones who are screaming, we're like, we're sorry, but this is it. It's this been is done. And 13 I, and years. 13 yeah. years. Yeah. It's time. It's t- it it's is time. time. That's enough extensions already. Yeah. So that's definitely happening, but it's great because we're getting into some very interesting conversations with folks. And some of them are going to seven, some are taking a look at eight, but we're having conversations with some customers we haven't had in 10 years. And that's what revolution has done. And then with Windows 8 evolution and how we're finding that great middle ground between the features that our customers want or need and didn't get in Windows 8 and got in Windows 8.1 and beyond, but also still moving things forward and being revolutionary and giving them things they didn't know that they need. And they go, wow, that's pretty cool. I like that feature, like Miracast, uh, like work folders and workplace join and things like that. Uh, I, I think it's been a good mix and that Windows 8 will continue to be this sort of rolling thunder product. And now we're seeing phone and Xbox catch up to that and create this really great ecosystem for developers to be able to create a game once and leverage it on all these different platforms and Things like that that I think are going to really give us a great advantage, really do some neat things for developers, and and ultimately, our customers are really going to benefit from that. Well, Steve, I'm excited for the new year. I am, too. Well, happy New Year to you. And, uh, and to you, of, sir. Uh, good wishes to you and your family and all the rest. Yeah, absolutely. All, this, all the best to you and yours and uh, to everyone out there listening. Thanks for sticking with us. 350 shows as of next week. And uh, we're going to just keep doing this thing, I think, for a while. I'm, I think 2014 is going to be a lot of fun. And we'll talk to you next week on Run As Radio.